The move to Epic is on. So what does Epic look like from a provider point of view? Let's find out with Dr. Mohamed Jokadar, Chief Medical Informatics Officer, and Dr. Joel Klein, Interim Senior Vice President and Chief Information Officer, both from the University of Maryland Medical System. This is the Hero Podcast from UM Upper Chesapeake Health. I'm Bill Klaproth. Dr. Klein, let's start with you. So what is the why around Epic Portfolio? Yeah, so thank you so much for having us um, on this podcast. Um, The short answer to that question is it's the best electronic health record system uh, in the world. Epic has been the market leader in the United States for uh, much of the last decade, taking market share from pretty much every one of their other competitors in both the inpatient and outpatient space. And in the last few years, um, in just about every continent, um, there's health systems that are, who have operate very differently from us, but nonetheless have found that Epic's flexibility, power, and clinician focus really makes sense for essentially the same job that they're trying to do there. Our organization chose Epic about 10, 15 years ago. Um, you know, and it's, it's funny, you think about all the decisions that, that, you know, that you make as an individual or for your organization a decade or more ago, and how many of those turned out to be the right one. And uh, I, I really have to take my hat off to all the people, many of whom are no longer with UMS anymore, but who made that decision 10 years ago, um, or you know, about 15 years ago, uh, to go with Epic. I'm a practicing emergency physician. I work at Baltimore Washington Medical Center, which is one of our medical systems hospitals just south of Baltimore. It's very similar to Upper Chesapeake in terms of acuity and patient types and distributions. Um, I work about once a week in our emergency department there, and I've been an Epic user since we went live in 2012. Um, And I can tell you that what I need as a doctor is I need to be able to quickly synthesize all of the available data on a patient and put it together so that I can, in my mind, know what am I dealing with here. And I have to do that multiple times an hour for patients whose complexity varies from Um, you know, a sprained ankle to um, a cardiac transplant patient who has been in and out of of three different ICUs over the last year. And I've got to figure that out in a very short amount of time so that I can spend more of my time at the bedside talking to patients, talking to their families, rather than playing with the computer. Um, And I can tell you, um, it works really, really well. Take some time to get to use it, and we'll talk more about that later in the hour. Um, and it takes some adjusting to get comfortable with it. But as an as a everyday user of this thing, it's a world-class system. Absolutely. Very, very powerful. And Dr. Jokardar, your thoughts on the why around Epic Portfolio? Yeah, um, I want to second Joel's you know, uh, comment that I really applaud those uh, people who made the decision to choose Epic as the system platform for our uh, shared EHR so in addition to being a really robust and powerful system, I want to share that Epic is ranked highest for provider satisfaction worldwide, not just in the United States. Um, I want to also mention that locally with that decision to go for one patient, one record, one arms. Uh, so locally at Upper Chesapeake, uh, we actually use three different EHR systems. One for inpatient called Meditech, one for our employed outpatient providers called NextGen, and another one at the Kaufman Cancer Center. 
So our transition to Epic for all these three uh, different care settings gonna break these silos and allow providers to have the full picture of what's going on with those patients, um, uh, regardless where the care was delivered. And one thing I want I want to mention um, that's a piece of functionality for for uh, from Epic is something called Care Everywhere. That I I don't just have visibility of patient records within University of Maryland Medical System hospitals, but I also have the visibility of those records at any Epic hospital in Maryland or even you know nationwide um, um, as well. Right. Well, that makes sense. And Dr. Klein, let's turn back to you. Can you point out Epic benefits for health systems and particularly physicians and providers? Yeah. So I'll actually start with uh, the feature that Muhammad just raised, Care Everywhere. So a few months ago, um, so my, my community hospital is near BWI Airport down in Glen Burnie, just south of Baltimore. And so we get a ton of patients who uh, are diverted off of uh, flights that have to stop and land because a patient is having some kind of a medical problem. And a lot of those are actually from outside the country because we're on the East Coast, and flights that are traveling from Europe to the interior of the country uh, will often stop at our place uh, just because geographically it makes a lot of sense. So I had a patient um, who uh, was on a medical diversion. It was a flight going to Europe, uh, and it was someone who was coming from Cleveland. Um, Cleveland Clinic is a epic um, hospital, and it was a very complicated patient who had um, uh, it was a whole wound issue, and um, they started having a fever and not feeling well on board the aircraft. And so, they, given how long the flight was, they just diverted and landed and um, brought the patient into our ER. So I had the whole patient's record right in front of me because we can see the record from every other epic hospital, and. I could tell exactly who I needed to call. It was, you know, as if they were the hospital across town, even though they were all the way across the country. And from that patient's point of view, we were, you know, miracle workers because, you know, they figured they were going to a strange place where they were going to have to explain this whole complicated story from the beginning, and which, of course, would increase the chances that we would make a decision about their health and their trip and, you know, where, where am I sick or not? Um, that was just wrong because we weren't familiar with the story and didn't talk to the actual people who knew the patient best. And so that's not just true across the country. There are lots of health systems locally, Hopkins, Anne Arundel, Mercy, GBMC, just to name a few, that are on Epic. And we can see it, it looks like their chart is part of our chart. And on top of that, we're doing work to integrate the VA records uh, so that Veterans Administration care can all be seen uh, in our chart. That's a big deal in our area, um, given how close we are to D.C. and just how many military installations there are around here. And we're doing work over the next couple of years that will let us see Department of Defense records, uh, so for patients who are still active duty. And this all sounds like a little small corner of, of EPIC, but it's kind of indicative of the power and reach of a system that's as mature is epic. So whether we're talking about making order sets or making it possible for you to save text that you use in a note all the time or quickly get to discharge instructions that you want a patient to have using language that you've thought about and how you want to describe a patient should advance their diet or change their dressing or whatever it is, 
there, there are so many parts of Epic that are so mature at this point because their customer base is so big. Um, you just, I don't know, I, I feel as a physician that I'm using a high-end tool. I don't feel like this is something that's being held up by, you know, a dozen people at my own shop. I feel like this is something that has been refined over the years to the point that, you know, that this is the, this is the tool that I really prefer to use to to take care of people. Well, it's very easy to see. And Dr. Jokadar, how about you? Your thoughts on the benefits for health systems and physicians? I, I agree. Actually, I want to highlight something for physicians and. What we hear frequently, you know, nationwide about provider concern regarding the impact of EHRs on provider burnout. And Epic is doing a lot of work to actually address it. We're not there. We have not arrived yet. But, you know, we're definitely on the right path. So one thing we frequently hear from physicians that, you know, when we ask them what drives your success in an EHR, number one we hear is personalization. I do my work different than the physician next to me or the provider next to me. So I want to be able to customize. I I look for certain elements of data. I order certain stuff in a certain uh, sequence. So I want to be able to dictate that. And Epic actually will give that to some extent to providers. The other piece that we hear from providers frequently is mobility. I want to be able to do certain tasks from my phone or from a tablet. And also Epic provides that. Again, it's a journey. We, it's not the perfect solution, but it is a pretty well thought out and designed solution as well. So the other piece also for providers is how well and how profession they are in using Epic. So part of the training probably should touch on that later, uh, later on, but I want to highlight um, uh, personalization and also a program that Epic has called Power User Physician Program, where Epic as a company um, offers these classes to providers to teach them um, you know, shortcuts and way to improve their workflow and to customize the system to their needs. So um, I think it's not the transition is not going to be easy. It's a brand new system for a lot of providers, but if they invest the time in it, we will be they will be better off and they will enjoy using the system. Yeah, it really is a very powerful system, but like most things, you only get out of it what you put into it. So Dr. Klein, can you stress the importance of engagement in the preparation, the training and implementation of Epic? Yeah, so this is absolutely critical. So everything that we've said is true um, as far as what using Epic is like at a steady state. But there's no getting around the fact that to get to that steady state, you got to go through the go-live, you got to go through the transition. And I think as physicians, we've all been through those kinds of things in our careers, not just IT changes, but you know, the, the transition that, that you make in your training from medical school through residency, through the transition of your first job where you, you know, really start working without that safety net. Um, and I think what we've all learned is that you, you get perspective on managing yourself through transitions. 
And we start to get really good at figuring out, well, what do we need to know for the test? What do we need to know to survive on that rotation? What, you know, where's the good coffee shop? Where's, you know, what time should I get there to do rounds? All of those practical kinds of things that make the transition survivable and ease your way into this new world. And that's exactly the same kind of thing that this is. So we'll have later uh, in the year, and as the project starts to get you know, closer to our goal life, we'll start to talk to our medical staff about what training looks like. And of course, we'll be doing this for the whole hospital, not just the medical staff. And so that involves a combination of things that we'll want you to look at and study before um, the second phase, which is classroom training. So we bring you in. We have um, our staff. It's actually staff that we train at your hospital to do this, um, who eventually become super users. Um, we have them walk you through the system front to back um, and show you all the parts of the system that you're going to need to use uh, to, uh, to know to use the system effectively. And we actually spend a whole bunch of time tailoring that training to who you are as a provider. So if you're a family practice provider, you're going to need to understand if your practice is just in the outpatient space, how to take care of a patient in the ambulatory world. If you also see patients in the hospital, then you're going to need to know that part of EPIC. You're going to need to know how to find patients and read inpatient stuff and read PTOT consults and order things and manage complex live orders in the hospital. Um, it's a very different set of, um, of tools that you're going to need to be familiar with. If you're an anesthesiologist, the tools change again. If you're a surgeon, you're going to need to understand how to manage orders in different phases, whether we're talking pre-op or intra-op. It's a layer of complexity that doesn't exist for other kinds of providers. And so really, your training curriculum, the, the program that we map out for you, is custom fit to who you are as a provider. But after that formal training, there's actually that final critical part, and that's what we call familiarity. You're going to need to take the time, and again, we'll, we'll talk you through how this works, but you're going to need to take the time to really get to know EPIC. And the more you do that prior to go live, the more you think about, well, all right, how are my partners and I going to divide up the patients for real on day one? What's that going to feel like? Are we going to have a patient list? Are we going to you know, use the official attending of record? Or are we going to use a different tool than EPIC to subdivide them? What if one of our partners is slow and we need to pick up the, you know, the slack? How are we going to know that without you know, calling each other? There's, there's a lot of little practical things like that. And if you start to think those things through when you, uh, as you approach the go-live, as opposed to running around trying to figure it out that week of the go-live, that's going to ease that transition. And again, all of us as providers, we know what this is because we've been through transitions like this in our careers, like I said before. And so it's really remembering what that's like, accessing those skills that maybe we haven't used in a long time in um, adaptability and, and uh, managing through change. And that's really what it is. It's, it's always... Um, it's always a challenge to get through change. But at the end of the day, a year from the go-live, it's going to be a distant memory, and your focus will be more on, okay, well, what else can I do to get out of this tool? What, what else can I get? What other value can I extract from this tool? How can I go even faster than I'm already going? So it'll be a distant memory once you get past it. 
but you got to get past it. Absolutely, and good point about familiarity as well. And Dr. Joe Kadar, your thoughts about preparation, training, and implementation. As, as Joel was saying, this is crucial, and we really cannot stress it enough how important it's going to be, the commitment to the classes that one provider, you know, sign up for a class, taking uh, everything in, and then the personalization, you know, coming back and learning how to navigate and thinking of those things, as Joel was saying. The other piece of this beyond training and personalization, we're actually slated to go live on March 15th, 2020. And this is going to be a big bang. It's going to be, we're going to go live at uh, University of Maryland Upper Chesapeake Medical Center, Hartford Memorial Hospital, so both hospitals. We're also going to go live with EPIC at the Kaufman Cancer Center uh, using a module there called Beacon and also in the ambulatory practices for our employed providers. So this will be a big bang, you know, for um, for the entire Upper Chesapeake um, system. And during the first couple of weeks of GoLive, we will have help and at elbow support team trying to help providers and clinicians and nurses and all team members, you know, with that initial shock, you 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 learn everything you need to learn, you personalize, and then come GoLive. You turn the computer and you stare at the screen and say, what did they tell me I need to do? All this anxiety will kick in. So we're going to have people you know, around tell you, oh, remember during training, this is what they told you to do. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's all coming back to me and help those providers and clinicians and team members you know, use the system and, and, and get the most out of it. So they're, uh, our team members and providers are not going to be alone. They're going to have plenty of help during go lifetime uh, for a period of, you know, a couple of weeks after. Which is really comforting to know as you get to know any new system. So as we wrap this up, I'm going to ask you each the same question. Dr. Klein, we're going to start with you. Any other information or data you'd like to share to this audience of colleagues? I think the biggest thing is that uh, putting a new EMR system into a hospital, no matter what it is and no matter what the hospital is, it's like a marriage. So it's a partnership between the team of people that's executing the change and the people who are experiencing the change. And like any marriage, um, it's a beautiful thing when two people are able or two groups are able to work together to achieve a shared common outcome that um, you know, is very important to the organization. But there's always bumps. There's always little challenges, sometimes even big challenges, because every hospital is different. The culture and even every unit is different. And there's always things we didn't think of and always you know, little challenges that, that pop up before, during, and, and after the go-live. And like any marriage, what you do is you manage through it. You start with the shared vision that we're going to get through this together and we're going to help each other and we'll figure it out. And, you know, with that kind of bedrock under you, it's a lot easier to say, okay, well, how can we compromise? How can we, you know, how can we make this work? How can we make an adjustment here? How can we change the workflow there? And, you know, it's never easy. No marriage is easy. Um, But the great thing is that on the other side of that, you sort of look back and say, hey, this was worth it. This really made sense. Um, I'm really able to, you know, to, to give care for the patients who uh, are expecting that of me 
really not just effectively but comprehensively in a way that you know I never really could do with such a a, a more limited view uh, and window into into my patients' data. So it's it's keeping perspective um, as we make our way through the project. Really good point, and I like how you said that. Like any marriage, you manage through it. So I guess if this medicine thing doesn't work out, Dr. Klein, you know, there's marriage counselor could be in the cards. I can hear my wife laughing, you know. (laughs) Great answer. And Dr. Jokadar, I'm going to ask you the same question. Any other data or information you'd like to share to your audience of colleagues? Sure. One frequent question I hear from our providers is, what's going to happen to the data? Do I have to live in two systems, the legacy system? that we had and EPIC as well for the historic information um, and clinical data. So we're fortunate that our colleagues at university and colleagues here have thought about this. And for the last four years, we've been sharing reports, um, uh, radiology reports and uh, clinical notes from Meditech, our current EHR system in the hospital to EPIC. So that information will be readily available at GoLive if any of those patients happen to come back uh, to the hospital. Um, Also, for the last 18 or so months, also we've been sharing lab values and lab data um, as well. We're trying to figure out how that's going to look like also for our outpatient providers, but um, we want to assure them that we're going to do everything in our power to do our share of the bargain. And as Dr. Klein was saying, it's a marriage. So we'll need to do our part as those providers you know, do theirs as well. Great point and great information. Dr. Klein and Dr. Jokadar, thank you for your time today. Our pleasure. Thank you, Bill. This is the Hero Podcast from UM Upper Chesapeake Health, a podcast for internal communications. Please visit umuch.org slash epic to learn more and check back for our next episode soon. And thanks for listening.